Unfolding the eternal excellences, the hidden insights of the truth and the depth of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have not pointed to your weaknesses. He says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have pointed to your strength. And this is your strength, that I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of freedom, the glimpses into eternity. The gospel is not supposed to be an assumption. It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the Word. On the 12th of January, 2020, this year, 5 a.m. in the morning, I was caught in a vision. And that vision awakened my spirit. And in that vision, I was in open space. And there was a group of believers. And they were asking me a question. And the nature of question that they asked was touching the office in which I operate. Not about the office but the kind of question you'd ask an apostolic person. Praise God. And they asked me about certain things touching the things that are freely given, the things that are accessible by God. And then they transitioned into asking me the deeper things of God And as they continued asking me these questions, I see they started to push me into finding out the place from which I connect with God and these things. Praise God. It was something like that. It was more of, we don't want you to give us. We want you to take us. Praise God. To where your relationship begins with God and how you connect these things to receive of God. And then Jesus was with me there. And so he tells me, answer. But he says, but in answering, try to articulate these things in a language that relates to the learning of earthly beings. Did you hear that? He said, try to relate, to interpret, to share, to articulate these things in a language that relates to the learning of earthly beings and earthly things. Because, he said, some are not able now to receive these things spiritually. Praise God. And so, in that vision, as I'm relaying those things, I'm awakened for another 10 or 15 minutes. Jesus gets me from that and then we start talking. I start to hear him share certain things and I'm starting to ask certain questions. And it's out of those questions that I had opportunity to share what I'm going to share tonight. Praise God. Now, 
The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 50 verses 4 and 5, the Bible speaks of how the Lord has given me the tongue of the land and that I should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. And the Bible says that he wakeneth morning by morning and he wakeneth mine ear to hear as the land. And the next verse says, and the Lord has opened my ear and he says, and I was not rebellious, neither turned away my back. Now, it's possible for God to avail too much for you and for you to turn away from what God is able to give you because you do not know how to turn to the things God is giving you. There's a working process spiritually that works with the wisdom of God to help a man know how to turn to the things God is availing for them. And without that wisdom, many things pass you by and if that continues, it becomes hard for God to release, not as one which is holding back from you, but as one who is frustrated in giving you what you must take and receive for you. If you have understood it, shout amen. And so, when God avails some things for you, firstly, you must know the price of what God has given to you. That's why the Bible says that do not cast pearl to swine. For they'll trample it and after trample on you also. Run you over also. Destroy you also. Because some people don't know how precious revelation is. The Bible says that you shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. I always tell people revelation is for your liberty. And your liberty is not necessarily the getting of a job and a car and a house. All of those are things touching liberty, but they are not the absoluteness of liberty. There are people who have all of these things, but yet they are not free. Somebody shout amen. And when you're free to access the things you must access in God, and then you're on the beginning journey of fulfilling purpose, somebody say amen. Put your hand on your head and say in the name of Jesus. I have the grace to receive the things God has ordained for me. Say amen. It's important for your tongue to say these things. It's important for you to understand that your confession carries something spiritually. And so, we get to the comparing of the language by which God communicates with us. Isaiah, I believe, has told you that if the tongue is of a landman, that man knows how to speak. He knows how to speak. Like the Bible says, that you may know how to answer every man. And in there is doctrine. In there is the understanding and the full interpretation of the heart of God, his mind and purpose on the earth. Bible says in Psalms, God spake once and twice have I heard. Our hearing is twofold because of the kind of language we function with God. Some people understand an easier language. And so you have to share things from the earthly perspective to make sense to them. Some people understand the spiritual and heavenly language. 
that when you start to share, you don't need to begin from the earthly to make sense of the spiritual. You can begin from the heavenly and make sense of the spiritual. And thus communicate with them. Language and speech are two different things. Speech touches the things the mind can communicate. Language touches the things the heart can communicate. And God has called us to communicate from the heart to the heart. Somebody shout hallelujah. And so when it comes to language, it touches the most sensitive form of God's communication to humankind. Two things are spoken. God communicates to two people differently. The children of Israel see a fire on the mountain, yet Moses sees a cloud. And in language, to Moses it's a cloud, to the children of Israel a fire. But it's only because of where they are. It's because of where they are with God and what they are able to see because of the language he ought to give them because of where they relate with him. When you grow in God, the language changes. Somebody shout hallelujah. That is why when the Bible says that he wakeneth your ear to hear as one which is learned. It means when he's talking to a learned man, he speaks differently. Somebody shout amen. And because of that then, the interpretation of those two things, to know exactly what God has told you and what it really implies in both the language that is simple and the language that is deep in him. Sometimes then the hearing of the voices is twofold. And so God spake once and twice, I what? I heard. And each language is a womb. Hallelujah. And in each womb is a sudden birth. And yet the Bible says that the things that are seen are not made by things which do appear. That I have to produce in my spiritual womb and then produce in the physical womb. That if there is a discrepancy between what I produce in my spiritual womb to what I produce in my physical womb, then I will have an error in what is seen in the physical realm. Somebody shout amen. God lives in a constant life of revealing things to us. And in the revelation of those things, God seeks to help us pick the interpretation of a thing. Because the interpretation helps us know the application. And the application of the spirit comes along with the timing of the spirit. Without the understanding of that application, you cannot time right the things of the spirit. And yet it's important for you to walk and live in the timing of the Spirit. For you not to be early or late, but on time for the things God has ordained you for. Today we live in a world where people are so excited to speak everything they see. To say everything they see. Because it's a world that celebrates men who can see. Or women who can see. But when you go deeper in God... You are amazed that certain things start to change in the wisdom of God. And sometimes it's not so important to only see and speak, but the place of interpretation becomes very important. 
There are many people who have short-circuited their destinies because they did not have the right interpretation of the visions that they had. And these visions either are open, some are prophetically given, some are dreams. You dream a thing, and because you don't know the true interpretation of that thing, you apply yourself and conflict with the things of the Spirit and have negative results of that vision or dream and either blame God or think you never heard. But it is because you did not have the wisdom to interpret the thing God has revealed to you. And because without that interpretation, you cannot have the application and the timing of the Spirit. And some people say, oh no, maybe I heard wrong. No, maybe you did not hear wrong. Maybe you just did not hear the full story or the full circle. The completion of that thing as God intended to give it to you. Yes, some hard and so wrong. And some out of pride will never admit that they saw wrong. But sometimes we see the right things. But we don't have the interpretation of those things. Today, a simple dream can make somebody walk out of a covenant into another. Just a dream. Yet the principle of covenants sort of has its own patterns and principles under which it works that it does not matter how much vision you claim to have, the interpretation of that thing cannot seek to break certain covenants by the Spirit. And some covenants are individual. Some covenants are before God and us. And some covenants are with things that were not seen. Job said, I made a covenant with my eyes not to look at a woman lustfully. You understand what I'm saying? That's an example. That one time a man made a covenant with his eyes. And his eyes, every time they would look at a woman, they cannot look at a woman a certain way. Somebody said, amen. And so, be very careful about the visions you have, the dreams you have. And if it be, God give you grace to have wisdom to know how to interpret and to apply. Because sometimes I've seen people who pray for things they're not supposed to pray for. I've seen people who ask for things they're not supposed to ask for. I've seen people enter relationships they're not supposed to enter. I've seen people go to ministries they're not supposed to go because they dreamed. I've seen people walk out of things they're supposed to be in. I've seen people leave jobs that they're supposed to be working at because they had a dream. They had a vision. They have a prophetic word. And later on, when you look at their lives, they don't have the results of men and women who God speaks to. I always tell people that the voice of God is expensive. When God starts to speak to you and you hear him the right way, certain things start changing around you that give the proof that you hear God. Somebody shout amen. And now, in my vision, as I was sharing, I start to see two things. That Jesus then asks me, commands me, instructs me to speak a language that touches earthly things in an earthly way to make people understand a place where God ought to have wanted them to have an explanation from a spiritual way, spiritual language, spiritual perspective from heavenly things. Somebody shout hallelujah. The kingdom of glass 
This realm of the spirit that touches the heavenlies teaches differently from the things of the earth and how the earth instructs. Why? Because the things of the spirit are not in the timings of the earth and neither do they relate to the times of the earth. The timings of the earth are so slow. And because they are slow, they are so inferior to instruct man of infinite things. There is too much for you to learn. That if you learn the earthly way, you will never have the full account of the things you must know in God. Because God is bottomless. The Bible says that the Spirit of God, He searches out the bottomless things of God. It means that if we have to touch the infinite things of God, time would fail us if we need to move and articulate in the language of men, in the things that only connect to the earthly. Sometimes, the quickening of the Spirit, the things of God are applied quicker when we speak from the heavenly things, the heavenly language. Notwithstanding that some people are so dull of hearing, that when we start touching the things of the heavens, things get complicated. Sometimes I feel sorry for Christians who say, I can't listen because he speaks complicated things. Because I tell people, if he's speaking complicated things and you can't listen, he better be speaking complicated because he just has a nice vocabulary and the semantics are good. But if the things a man speaks are complicated to you and they are 100% God, then you better fear. Because that is the same God you worship. That is the same God you seek. That is the same God you pray to. Why is he availing depths in a time and dispensation that you're not able to take or accept that there's a problem with you? So instead of seeking to disconnect from what is complicated, ask God to give you the grace to understand the complicated things of God. Because whether you want it or not, there are people who like it in the complicated sense. Somebody shout hallelujah. And they are able to eat meat. The church of Jesus Christ has got to advance. We can't teach like 1905. He's the same spirit, yes. But God's intention and purpose has changed in every dispensation and generation. And this is the generation that is receiving God deeper. And maybe, just maybe, if Jesus is not returned in a few hundred years, some of our kids will hear these things and say, yeah, they were deep. But God is deeper in our time. Because it's from glory to glory in Jesus' mighty name. Somebody shout hallelujah. And so when I ask God, what is the difference between the men that receive of the earthly? That even if you bring the biggest revelation of God, you need to speak from the earthly realm as men of earthly mind. He said it is because of how they connect to the wisdom of God. It's how you are connected. It's how you relate. It's how you transact with the wisdom of God. Colossians chapter 1 verses 28. If you read the Amplified Bible. He says, him, who is that? Jesus. He says, him we preach and proclaim. Warning and admonishing everyone. And instructing everyone. He says, in all wisdom. That is comprehensive insight into the ways and purposes of God. All wisdom. He didn't say in wisdom. He says in all wisdom. That means the wisdom of God has a manifoldedness. It has a many-sidedness to it. 
It's not one dimension, it's not one direction, it's not one-sided, it's not one-fold. It's multi-folded, it's multi-faceted, it's many ways in which God speaks. And when we're talking about all wisdom, I love that the Amplified says the comprehensive insight into the ways and purposes of God. When we're talking about all wisdom here, we're not talking about the wisdom of the world that is brought to nothing. Yet there is a place also for the wisdom of the world. If I ever have opportunity one time to teach about that, I will help some of us understand how the wisdom of God works with the wisdom of the world and where the wisdom of the world ends for the wisdom of God to supersede the wisdom of the world. And of course the wisdom of the world has been answers to man. The wisdom of the world has certain tenets of God in it. But it also has another mixture within that is not from God and of God. But there are wisdoms in the world that have been applied in human history and have seemed to be answers to men and given miracles to men. Egyptian wisdom, Mesopotamian wisdom. All of these are wisdoms. And in fact, Mesopotamian wisdom is the wisdom that gives us mathematics through the Sumerians. So yes, math helps us learn and calculate and do our maths and businesses and run empires and institutions and conglomerates. It's beautiful. It has its own place. But the wisdom of God is above that. So when we're talking about all wisdom here in Colossians, we're not talking about the wisdom of the world and the wisdom of God. No, we're only talking about the wisdom of God, the insight into the ways and purposes of God, comprehensive, only as touching the many facets of the wisdom of God, only this side without touching anything in the world. And he says that even that is manifold. It's many-sided. It has many patterns and parts to it. And he says, and when we are preaching Jesus, we don't preach him in one way of wisdom. Are you hearing me? You know, there are people who only want to understand Jesus in one way. They want a someone that can only speak to them the way they understand, in the realm they are in, in the knowledge they are in, in the state they are in, and they want to stay there. Are you hearing me? But every child of God should yearn to get deeper in him. To know more of him. To understand every facet, every side, every fold of the wisdom of God. Say amen. He says we do all of that admonishing everyone and instructing everyone. That we may present everyone, every person mature. He says we do all that that we may present every person mature, full grown, fully initiated. Complete and perfect in Christ, the one anointed. And he says, for this I labor unto weariness, striving with all the superhuman energy, which so mightily enkindles and works within me. That means if there's any addition, any subtraction, any application of my human energy with everything the Lord has given me. He says, the striving is to this, the weariness is to this end, that we might present all men mature in Christ. But we cannot present them mature in Christ without instructing, teaching exhorting, comforting, correcting them in all the wisdom of God. The full circle of wisdom. All the sides, the faces, all the directions of that wisdom. If they are not available to you, you cannot mature. Hallelujah. And if you don't mature, the language does not change. Babies have a language. Children have a language. Adults have a language. And the difference between the babe and the mature one is how the language becomes more and more defining and distinctive. 
In that way is a sort of consecration. As your language improves, God consecrates you. As your articulation in the spirit improves, God consecrates you. There is a sort of consecration that is not on a prayer mountain. That one is in the realm of wisdom. That as wisdom comes on you, it sharpens you and makes you finer. It makes you a finer minister, a finer person, a finer Christian in every aspect of way. But the Bible says he prunes them that produce fruit. Somebody shout amen. And the apostolic man says in this he wears himself. He applies himself. He applies himself. And every Christian should love to mature. I'm not talking about people who just come to meetings because they have problems. I'm not talking about people who pray because today they had time to pray. I'm talking about people who go to the presence of God because they know what they want. And they're paying the price of maturity because the thing in them is not comfortable to manage the things of the spirit with a certain level of maturity. They aspire for a deeper maturity in God. Somebody shout amen. Let's go deeper into this wisdom. Because that's the thing that separates the language. Okay? In 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 6, they amplify. Now he's talking about the fully grown. Okay? He says, when we are among the full grown, the mature Christians who are ripe in understanding, the fully initiated ones, the ones who are fully initiated, the ones who get the full account, those who are mature, of whom Paul is saying we labor to take every man there. He says, when we are among the full-grown, spiritually mature Christians who are ripe in understanding, he says, we do impart a higher wisdom. Paul has said that there is a higher wisdom that is imparted on the mature. In other words, the more you mature, the more wisdom God gives you. Oh, even better, the more you mature, the higher the wisdom he puts on you. The more you mature, the higher the wisdom he puts on you. The more you grow, the higher the wisdom he puts on you. The more you advance in the things of God, the more you're able to eat, the more he adds on you. Higher wisdom. He says we do impart this word, this higher wisdom, the knowledge of the divine plan previously hidden. He says, but it is indeed not a wisdom. Now he's trying to show that difference of the present age, or of this world, nor of the leaders and rulers of this age who are being brought to nothing and are doomed to pass away. Why are they being brought to nothing? Because the wisdom of this world has an end. Even mathematics has an end. Biology has an end. Doctors stare in patients every day and they tell them right now, there is nothing medically we can do for you. And men invest time in that which is okay, but never invest time in the wisdom of God, which is eternal. Do you understand what I'm saying? Physics has its end. Physicists, they get to a place and say, you know, we can't go beyond this. Yes, they can't. And God tells you, look, there's a wisdom that can't say we have failed. There's a wisdom that can't say we've come to the end. The one that comes to the end, he says, it's of this world. He says, it is brought to nothing. Why? Because it passes away. Every day, new technology comes through. 
Every day, new stuff comes through. Every day, new inventions and innovations come through. Economies change. Societies change. Science changes. Biology changes. Everything changes. Things are changing. Recently, I saw even the kilogram, the gram, has been now changed. You understand? Times change. Everything changes. What was relevant in 1980 is not relevant now. But God says that there is a wisdom that is so steadfast that it guarantees you that it doesn't matter how the world changes a thousand years to come. It will still be applicable. Now, if you don't invest in that, how are you sure that your business will be working in 20 years? You see the advantage we have? If you can't apply yourself to that, how are you sure that your career will be working in the next 40 years? How are you sure that your house will be moving in the next 20 years? How are you sure that you're going to be healthy the next 20 years? You tell us you're going to be healthy the next 20 years because you're going to be running and training and jogging. Do you know that the guy who invented the whole idea of jogging for health died on the track? Read about him. The guy who first brought the whole idea and theory of running for exercise, for fitness. He was right. He was right that when you run, you become fitter. Bodily exercise profiteth. Little, but it profiteth. So those of you who say, I'm here, I will not exercise. Rababa. It's good to rababa. But it's also okay to what? To exercise. Right? But the fellow who brought that whole idea, the whole concept, and the world adopted, read about him. The story is given that he was running on a track to maintain health and he died on the what? On the track. Why did he die on that track? Perhaps there are things that his wisdom on health could not give him. I'm not against doctors. You understand? The gospel is not against medicine. It's not. It cannot be against medicine. But it gives you the option and tells you this one has an end. Are you hearing me? But this one, the wisdom which is of God, he says it does not have an end. He says this wisdom is brought to nothing and is doomed to fail. Why? Because human inventions at their best are still human. They are not perfect. They will never be perfect. But God is perfect. Somebody shout amen. I say God is what? He's perfect. And so we see that God imparts higher wisdom to men and women who are ready to pay the price of maturity. And there is a wisdom also that tells the difference between maturity and immaturity. Because there are people who think they are mature, but they're not mature. It's like the Spirit recently was telling me about the wisdom of the Testaments. Why many Christians are still struggling with understanding the old and the new. With getting the difference between the old and the new. Some people think, yeah, yeah, it's that obvious. It's grace, law, it's Jesus here, it's Adam there. Yeah, 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 all of that is okay. And it's right, and it's true. But you see, when you study these testaments more closely, the Lord was telling me about the wisdom of the covenants, the testaments, the wisdom between the testaments. He was trying to show me the line that connected the old and the new. It's a thin line, right? Because it's only one man standing here. It's the person of Jesus Christ. Are you hearing me? And what that does when we are preaching the gospel after Christ and what it was when the gospel was being preached before Christ. And there are many people who cannot tell where they are. Many people are trying to claim 
promises of the New Testament, but with an Old Testament mentality. And some are claiming Old Testament promises with a New Testament mentality. <laughs> Praise God. But the wisdom is somewhere within here. Are you hearing me? That the promises are eternal. They are not old or new. But the function changes on how a man applies these things. And you have the choice. There are many Christians who look Old Testament. They live Old Testament. They sleep Old Testament. They relate Old Testament. They pray Old Testament. They worship Old Testament. They think Old Testament. They meditate Old Testament. And they have results. But Old Testament results. Somebody shout amen. But when you understand how the Old Testament relates with this new. And how to live the new life which is in Christ. Your life changes. You will see. Tell your neighbor you will see. I mean you're claiming it. That they'll see it in your life. Tell them again. You will see. That the New Testament is working in my life. Somebody shout hallelujah. Say amen. And so he says we speak of this impartation. Because as you mature. God increases wisdom. As you mature. God increases wisdom. And as the wisdom increases, the language changes. The language changes. The language changes. It's like some of you, you remember back in those days, when you go to a doctor, you can look at a doctor's report and fail to understand one thing by the way they write. Not because their handwriting is bad, but the language they use. Is jaundiced. Why don't you just say she has yellow eyes? You understand? Why do you use that language? Are you hearing me? So you have to go to Google and first find out what they mean. And I see that it's in every profession. That as professions evolve, they have languages that are quite different from the normal human communication. When as banking, we could speak certain languages, certain acronyms, certain words that only we understood. You understand what I'm saying? It's like in banking, credit and debit, those two words mean differently from the way the world uses them. Right? And one time we almost got in trouble with a customer because she read credit and thought it was a debit and there was world war. You understand what I'm saying? But why? Because we attain the wisdom of a banker. And so it is with God. Are you hearing me? Already, if a man in the world finds you saying, Rabba, Kata, you already look strange. <laughs> oh, glory! Somebody shout, amen. amen. But even in our unusual conversation, we have to get so learned that we speak the simplest sentences and a man which is spiritual knows where we are going. When you're speaking to men which are learned, you don't need to explain. You just need to speak forth the oracle. And within that man's spirit, there is the ability to interpret and have the full picture of what you're saying. That is why a preacher can say one word to 10,000 people and all of them are hearing him differently, depending on where they're understanding from. That is why he says, my son, with all thine getting, get understanding. Somebody shout hallelujah. Say amen. 
And in Acts 9.31, he gives a testimony, again in the Amplified Bible, of what happens when the church grew in wisdom. He said, in chapter 9.31, Acts, he says, So the church throughout the whole of Judea and Galilee and Samaria, the Bible says, had peace. Are you hearing me? And was edified. It had peace and was edified. It had peace and was edified. And the Amplified Bible says, to explain edification, it was growing, he says, in wisdom, in virtue, and in what? And in piety. Piety is the fear, the reverence of God, the honor and reverence that you have toward God. Are you hearing me? So, he tells us that if you are talking about edification, if you're talking about the edification of a Christian, they are one, growing in what? In wisdom. Two, they are growing in virtue. And three, they are growing in reverence toward God, in piety. You start to see that that Christian fears more and reveres and honors God more. You see them in the actions of the things that they do that prove that they fear God. For example, when you're worshiping, what do you do? When you're in the presence of God, what do you do? You have people who sit in the church as worship takes on and they're on WhatsApp. You're communicating to another individual, yet you're standing before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Yet if you were to meet the president of the country, you are going to switch off your phone. When you're entering an embassy to get a visa, they tell you to switch off your phones. But when you are in the presence of God, you can WhatsApp away. Are you hearing me? And things that are not touching the kingdom. Again, I'm not saying that everybody who has a phone is wrong. Don't judge your friends. Some of you already, uh, you see? Pastor, that. No. Some people use their phones to search out the Hebrew translations of words. And to take on the person they were inviting to make sure they have arrived. So, don't judge everyone who has a phone. The Lord judges the what? The hearts. Somebody shout amen. But how do you worship? How do you serve God? How do you live for God? How do you apply yourself to the instructions of God? How do you live in the things of God? How much do you honor his presence? What do you do? What's the price you pay to be in his presence? Are you hearing me? And virtue, it's just goodness. It's goodness. An edified believer is a good believer. They're just good people. They have no reason to act funny. They're just good. They do good, they live good. Everything they do is good. They're good people. You cannot grow in God and be a bad person. It's not possible. The edification of the spirit plants virtue in you. Are you hearing me? Yeah, people can be nasty to you. But that's them. Let them be what? Nasty. Don't be consumed by their evil. You stay good. What's the point? Oh, yeah, yeah. If you did this to me, I'll also do that to you. Remember when you were in primary? Are you hearing me? If they kick you, you're so what? If they answer you, you're so what? If they do this, you're so do what? No. As you grow in God, you learn to let go. You say, that's God dealing. Are you hearing me? Tell your neighbor, God is dealing with me. Yes, that's virtue. It's part of an edified being. When a man is edified, they learn to be virtuous. But most importantly, my point of concern that I wanted to express here, he says, the church in Galilee, the church in Samaria, the church in Judea, he says, it was growing in wisdom. 
And the Bible says, and walking in the respect and reverential fear of the Lord. And in the consolation and exhortation of the Holy Spirit. Come The Bible says they continued to increase and they were multiplied. That's the secret. Oh, how does a church grow? That's the secret. How does a business grow? That's the secret. How does a career grow? That's the secret. How does anything grow? That's the secret. How do you grow? That's the secret. How do you increase? I'm not just talking about normal increasing. I'm talking about the increase, which is of God. I'm not talking about just a predictable kind of increase. No. I'm talking about the increase, which is of God. And he says, and the church continued to increase and multiply. And he says, when you apply yourself to the language of God and increase in wisdom, you grow in wisdom. As you grow in wisdom, you become more mature. And as you become more mature, the Bible says he adds higher wisdom. And then you mature into it. And then he adds higher wisdom. And as he does that, he says you don't need to worry about increase. Glory to God. You don't need to worry about increase. You don't need to worry about multiplication. If a man knows this thing, even if you fry pancakes tomorrow, you can become the richest man in the world. Somebody shout amen. Because it's not about what you touch. Uh-uh. It's about the wisdom that applies itself in whatever it is touched. Because wherever wisdom is, God is. The Bible says Christ has been made our wisdom. Our wisdom. What does that mean? When you have Jesus, he's Christ, the wisdom and the power of God. Christ is two things. The wisdom and the power of God. He's not just the power without the wisdom. And he cannot be complete to be wisdom without the power. Because the wisdom of God evokes the power of God on your life. How can you not multiply? I'm giving you answers. Somebody say, I'm increasing. I'm multiplying. In everything I do. The language of the spirit is increasing in my life. I speak like a spiritual man. I walk like a spiritual man. I function like a spiritual man. I interpret like a spiritual man. I receive like a man of the spirit. Maturity is my portion. And I grow higher and higher and higher and higher in the wisdom of God. As the consolation of the spirit works in me. The thing on my life has to increase. The thing on my life has to multiply. There is no way I can be taken away from. Because I have the wisdom of God. And the wisdom of God works in my life. In every aspect of life. Shout amen if you believe it. And that is why now I'm prophesying. In the wisdom of God. That may people notice your increase. May people notice your multiplication in the mighty name of Jesus. May the spirit of multiplication and increase settle on you permanently. Shout amen. amen. Glory to God. People will look at you and say, that woman, every year, we see her. There's something increasing on her life. These words will be said about you. That man, every year, there's something increasing on his life. 
and even in the worst possible times he's still increasing upward and upward only even when the nation is dry he still has water and rain when there is no seed he still has extra on the dry places his land is maturing and bringing forth seed on the wells that are dry he's bringing forth water now I go back to my vision that I started with why did the Lord tell me speak to them of the earthly things touching earthly minds because they're not grown but if they should apply themselves to wisdom then speak to them as though they're mature. And when you do, you will see like the Bible says in Corinthians. That we compare spiritual things with spiritual things. God wants to raise a generation. Where you make one sentence. And somebody has understood you. Somebody has understood you. When Moses was going to Pharaoh. He told him, Pharaoh will ask you, what do you do? And God told him, you tell him that you are a shepherd. That you look after sheep, flock, and that your father's fathers looked after them too. For the Egyptians have issues with Jewish shepherds. Now, if Moses had introduced himself otherwise, he would have gone against the whole order of redeeming the whole nation. But Matthew, that is what God told him to introduce himself as. That is not who he was. That's not who Moses was. It's who God asked him to introduce him. Because Pharaoh can only understand the labor of men. <laughs> oh, Psalms 45. My heart is indicting a good matter. He says, I speak of things I have made touching the king. The Hebrew word there, maxay, is the same word, labor, what you do. And he says, and now my tongue is a pen of a ready writer. Articulating of things I've made touching the king and here I'm not speaking about my physical profession, the businessman, the banker, the what. I'm talking about the profession that heaven acknowledges of me. The profession, the work that heaven knows that I was ordained to do. See, you can be a doctor, which is okay, but you have a different profession in the spirit. That your doctor job only helps you to fulfill the heavenly profession. And some of you know of your earthly professions, but you do not know the professions with which you have before God. And without that, then how can you explain your purpose? How can you explain your assignment? Yes, Moses was a shepherd, but he was not a shepherd. He was more than a shepherd. Are you hearing me? He was one which was drawn out of water, but yet as one which will draw men out of water. That was who he was before God. He was a god to the Egyptians. I said he was a god to the Egyptians. 
He wasn't just a shepherd. That's all Pharaoh could understand. Because God had a bigger purpose and plan in fulfilling the deliverance story. And some people die like normal men. Because they don't really know who they are. And that is why I pray for you also. That may God also help you understand fully who you are in the spirit. Because the Bible says that we regard no man after the flesh, but after the spirit. Even the Christ we could have regarded in the flesh is gone. So when he says, we know no man after the flesh, do men know you by the spirit? Have things started happening around your life? Somebody take it now. Have things started happening in your life that show that you are not just a businessman, that you're not just a consultant, that you're not just an engineer, but you're more than that. And he says, look, we are seeking for that regard. And that regard can only come through the wisdom of God. And I saw a generation of the biggest businessmen, but with the deepest language the world has ever heard. That when they're doing business, they're not just doing business. No, they're doing business, heaven-minded. They're doing their careers, heaven-minded. They're engineering with a heavenly brain. They're innovating in their IT sections with a heavenly innovation. They are creating in their physics with the heavenly physics. They are creating with their mathematics with the heavenly mathematics. Oh! Now when I get in such a realm, I don't know how to say anymore. Come on, open your mouth. Open your mouth. You know what to ask for. I feel the spirit of God is touching certain individuals now and God wants to speak to you in the language you ought to understand not just the language you understand but the language you ought to understand he's elevating your understanding he's maturing you by applying wisdom on your spirit that when he starts to speak you can fully understand the language that you ought to understand if you have understood this message I want you to pray for the next three minutes like you have never prayed before wide away drawing close stirred by grace and all my heart is yours all fears removed with your wind and leading to your love I feel the praise of God. God, God, touch that man. Touch that woman. Touch that man. Touch that woman. Receive it. Hey! 
presence in a grace so relentless I am thy perfect love wrapped within the arms of heaven in a peace that lasts forever see And thy grace and all my heart is yours. Hey! Oh, free remove. I breathe you in, I lean into your love. Oh, your love. Come on, pray. When I'm lost, you pursue me. Lift my head to see your glory. I, Lord of all, so beautiful. Here in you, I find shelter, captivated by the splendor of your face. My secret place, I'm wide awake, drawing close, start by grace, and all my heart is known. All fears removed, I breathe you in, I lead into your love. This is your, your redemption. This is your year of multiplication. This is your year of increase on every side. Your love, Sati, swashing over me. Your face is all I see. You're my everything. Jesus Christ. I only cry to know you all my your love so deep is watching over me your face is all I see Jesus my everything oh Jesus Christ you are my one desire I'm wide awake, drawing close, stirred by grace, and all my heart is yours. All fears removed, I breathe you in, I lean into your love. You know what you're asking for. You know what you're asking for. He says, Ask, and it shall be given. 
he says he gives liberally wisdom to them that ask. He was talking about a higher wisdom. He was talking about a higher wisdom when he said in James that he gives wisdom liberally to whosoever asks. Ask as one which has. Come on, pray. Pray. Speak to the earth. Speak to the oceans. Speak to the rivers. Speak to the valleys. Speak to the atmosphere. Speak to space. Talk to matter. Connect with time. Tell them. Command your day. Command your year. Talk to the universe to bring your stuff, to cough it out in the name of Jesus. The Bible says that I will tell the ends of the earth. Cough out. Send out my children. Come on, pray. Bring forth. Let your gold come. Let your silver come. In the name of Jesus. Let your opportunity come. Now. 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 Let favor come. Now. Let your door come. Now. Let your gate open. Now. Your Kairos moment is now. Your window opens now. Hey! 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 Increase! Increase! Multiplication! Increase! Multiplication! Increase! Multiplication! Increase multiplication Fanero Increase multiply Increase multiply Increase multiply In every aspect of your life I see the anointing of the Holy Spirit He's consecrating you for a higher wisdom there are people here now I see the Spirit descend on individuals now now oh my God look at that 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 that's it that's it. That's it. Hey! More. More. Deeper. 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 That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Hey! That's it. That's it. That's it. Hey! That's it. That's it. That's it. 
That's it. And I see God pouring out more. More. Higher. Higher. More. Sarababa. Sarababa. Sebrekete. Prakotelepa. Masaprakata. Sarabababa. Pastors. Something is coming. If you're a pastor in this place, receive it for your ministry. Marabaya. Sabababa. Ayeke. Take it. Take it. Take it. Take it. Take it. Pastors. 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 Take it. 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 Pastors. Take it. Take it. Take it. It's yours. Nations are opening. Nations are opening. Take it. Take it. Take it. Take it. Take it. Oh, Yaku. Take it. Take it. Take it. Take it. Take it. Mow. Mow. The world will hear. The world will hear. The world will hear. Business people. Take it. Take it. Take it. Prophets, take it, take it, take it. Prophets, it's yours, it's yours. Multiplication, increase, increase, increase. Hey. Teachers of the world. Wherever you are, wherever you are, take it, take it, take it. Teachers, teachers, take it, take it, take it. Hey, evangelists, oh, that's it, that's it, that's it, that's it, that's it, that's it, that's it. Take it, 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 take it. Take it. Put up your hands. Take it. Take it. May God give you more. May God give you more. In the mighty name of Jesus. I want you to give the Lord a mighty hand of praise. Come on, clap for Jesus. Clap for Jesus. I say clap for Jesus. Clap for Jesus. Clap for Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I feel something so heavy. So heavy. God, touch that person. Let them take it all. Let them take their portion tonight. Let them take their portion tonight. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Say amen, somebody. It's done. If you're here and you've never given your life to Jesus and you want to receive him as your Lord and Savior, repeat these words after me. Say, Lord Jesus. I thank you for your word today. 
I've believed you died for my sins. You were raised for my glory. Tonight, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Put up your hands. I want to pray for you. The message you have just heard was brought to you by Fenero Ministries International. For more information, contact us on telephone number 041-466-4291 or email us at fenerocompala at gmail.com. You can also find us on the web at www.fenero.org. Or better still, feel free to join us every Thursday for our weekly fellowships at Uma Multipurpose Hall from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. You can also catch the live stream at livestream.com slash Fenero. Fenero, make manifest. Thank you.